0: Kathy Bartowski's life seemed like a fairy tale with her marriage to a marine captain and the adoption of their son, Stephen. Uh, But God does not promise that everything will go well for us. Uh, Soon after Kathy and her husband moved to Ethiopia as missionaries uh, for 15 months, uh, they adopted Christina, their daughter, and the infant died of spinal meningitis then they adopted another child colby and uh he was playing around one day and accidentally drank some poison and he died and then not long after that uh her husband was in a helicopter with another missionary and uh she she learned that the helicopter had gone down and crashed and they both died uh, we're not exempt from suffering. I mean, if God had wanted to uh, spare the life of their uh, daughter Christina, He could have. If He wanted to keep uh, Colby from drinking that poison, He could have kept it out of reach. Uh, if He wanted to put an angel on the helicopter and and protect them, uh, He could have done that. God does not promise that everything's going to be perfect that we're going to be free from suffering it's possible you don't believe in god because something terrible happened to you you say why would god uh, take a, a woman's two children and her husband why did god allow this bad thing happen to me no good god would do that that's not a good reason to reject god god has not promised us a life without suffering whether you're a senior adult or a teenager, God hasn't assured you that you won't face trouble. When you read about Kathy losing two of her adopted children and her husband while serving uh, in Ethiopia, uh, you might think, what does God want from us? If you've tried to serve God and yet encountered troubles and uh, disappointments, I'm sure you've wondered at some point, what does God want of me? Turn to Genesis 22. If you've got a Bible around, Uh, God's request of Abraham in this chapter is so over the top that again it leads us to ask, what does God want of us? Genesis 22 records one of the most dramatic accounts in all the Bible. Let's travel back through the time tunnel to see if we can experience a bit of what it was like when God asked Abraham get this, to sacrifice his son Isaac. Uh, Abraham and Sarah fell into bed late one night, and Abraham quickly fell into a deep sleep. In the middle of the night, Abraham heard God speak to him clearly. God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show him. Uh, The dream was so vivid and the command to sacrifice his son so alarming that Abraham found himself wide awake. The possibility of getting back to sleep was out of the question. Instead, he tossed and turned, wondering, why would God ask him to sacrifice his son? God had never before asked for human sacrifice. Instead, instead God uh, considered uh, human sacrifice an abomination. 17 years earlier, Abraham at age 100 and Sarah at age 90 uh, gave birth to their son Isaac. Uh, God promised him that they would have a son, and through that son, he would uh, make a great nation. It would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. Uh, Abraham and Sarah had tried for years to have a child. They'd gone to all kinds of doctors. They'd tried all kinds of methods, but still had no child. God's promise that they would have a son seemed too good to be true. But one year later, after God made that final promise, they held Isaac in their arms. Isaac was such a delightful son. Not just because he was a miracle baby and fulfillment of many promises, but he was just a great kid. Abraham and Sarah loved him more than life itself. By now, Isaac was 17 years old. He was dark and handsome, strong and hardworking, smart and well-educated. Archaeological discoveries have shown us that Abraham and Sarah and Isaac were not primitive people. They had a writing system. In fact, when we uh, say that Moses, 400 years later, wrote the first five books of the Old Testament, we believe he got notes from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Isaac was Abraham and Sarah's pride and joy. As Abraham tossed in bed, he wondered, why would God ask him to sacrifice Isaac? What did God want from him? he had tried to serve God faithfully, why would he take away his son? And what about his promise to make, through Isaac, a great nation, as numerous as the sand on the seashore? How was he going to accomplish that if he took away Isaac? Nevertheless, Abraham got up early. He told his servants to chop some wood. He, got a, he woke up Isaac and said, Pack some clothes, we're going to go away for a couple days. Uh, He told Sarah that he and Isaac were going to go worship God. That's all he said. If He told told her more, she wouldn't have let him go. She would have objected, and that would have made things worse. Abraham and Isaac began their 50-mile journey from Beersheba to the mountain of Moriah. Years later, Moses records it. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. During the first day of travel, Abraham found himself gazing at Isaac various times throughout the day. He noticed his strong legs and muscular arms. He found himself reminiscing about all the things they had done. Uh, Abraham read to him every night. He taught him how to fish and hunt and tend livestock and make repairs around the house. Each successive step of the journey was more agony for Abraham. The thought of giving up Isaac was almost more than he could bear. He wondered if God asked him to sacrifice Isaac because he knew that he had grown to love Isaac more than he loved God. There wasn't much conversation that first night around the campfire. Uh, He hadn't told anybody about his dream. Uh, Nobody had asked much about what they were doing, and, and he wasn't about to bring it up. Isaac sensed something was wrong with his father. He'd never seen him so quiet. He knew something was troubling him. The second day, they traveled mostly in silence. On the third day, they arrived in the region of Moriah. Abraham told his servants to wait while he and Isaac went up to worship. He didn't want them to see what was about to happen. He had Isaac carry the wood on his back while he carried the fire and the knife. Isaac asked, Father, the fire and the wood are here but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. I believe that Abraham believed that God would make a great nation out of uh, his son Isaac. So either he would provide a lamb for the burnt offering at the last minute, or he believed that God could raise Isaac from the dead, but even though that was his hope, each step of the journey was one of agony when they reached the place God had told him about Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Now maybe you're not a christian maybe you're not a Christian, and you say. This is why I'm not. This is crazy stuff. Asking a dad to sacrifice his son? I know it's a lot to believe. But the reason we believe it is because Jesus was raised from the dead. Showing that he was the son of God. So we believe whatever Jesus taught. And Jesus taught that all of the Old Testament is true. Abraham turned to Isaac and said, son, I need you to get up on top of the wood. A a look of pure shock filled Isaac's face. One thing we know for sure is that Isaac did it willingly, because there's no way a father who's nearly 120 years old could have chased a a 17-year-old son and got him on. Isaac did it willingly. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. The fact that the angel of the Lord said, you have not withheld from me your son, tells us, This is nothing less than an appearance of Jesus Christ. This is what we call a Christophany, an Old Testament appearance of Christ. Jesus Christ himself is the angel of the Lord who tells Abraham not to touch his son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, The Lord Will Provide. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Abraham demonstrated that God was first in his life, even ahead of his wife and his son. And because of his faith, God promised to bless him. What does God want from us? He wants us to put our faith in him. So I'd like to make three observations about this faith that God wants from us. One, God wants us to have faith to love Him above all others. If God asked me to sacrifice one of my kids, I don't know if I could do that. Although, I've uh, Jory and I have joked about selling you know, some of our kids at times of frustration. Uh, God didn't want Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. He didn't want a human sacrifice. Several times in the Old Testament, God speaks against human sacrifice. The prophet Micah tells us what God wants from us. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I become before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Micah wondered, what does God want from us? If I offer my firstborn child, will that do it? Will that impress God? But Micah says, no. He has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. God wants us to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before God. All God wanted to establish... With Abraham was that he loved him more than he loved his son Isaac. Isaac was born to Abraham and Sarah in their old age. Since they tried for so long to have a baby without success, he was deeply cherished. He was a miracle baby. He was the object of remarkable promises made by God. He was very special and much loved by his mom and dad. I suspect that he was so loved that Abraham was in danger of loving him more than God. So God put him to the test. When Abraham obeyed God by going through with his three-day journey and putting Isaac up on the, the wood, God says, stop, I've learned all I need to learn. He learned that Abraham loved him so much, he was willing to sacrifice his own son. Jesus says to the church at Ephesus, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Maybe this describes you. You started out on fire for Christ. Now you can barely find the pilot light. What does God want from us? He wants us to love Him. He loves us. He wants us to love Him in return. He doesn't want us to be lukewarm. A lot of us miss this. Merton Strawman, a pollster, Christian pollster, did a survey of 10,000 youth. He asked them if they thought the main emphasis in the Bible was on rules that God had set down for us. 88% of the youth said yes. 88% said the main idea in the Bible is keeping God's commands. But that's not the main idea in the Bible. The main idea is that God loves us and sent His Son to die for us and has been gracious to us. In response, He wants us to love Him. Now, I'm not saying obedience is not important, but love is more important. God knows if we love Him, our obedience will follow. I ask you all the time to spend a few minutes a day with Christ, reading the Bible, using our journals or some other journal. If you're reading the Bible out of duty, you'll never experience what I'm hoping for you. I want you to do it out of love. What do you do with someone you love? You want to spend time with them. That's how I want you to approach this whole idea of reading the Bible and using our journal. Uh, You read because you love God. You read because spending time with Christ is as important to you as the air you breathe. You read because Jesus is your life. You read because you want to know what He feels and thinks. You read because you want to experience real life. You write in a journal because you want to interact with Him on what you're planning to do in response to His Word. If you approach it that way, it'll be a joy and a delight. He wants us to have faith that it is worth our while to love Him. God wants us to put our faith in Him. Two, what does God want from us? God wants us to have faith to trust His promises. You know, I don't know everything that went through Abraham's mind on that three-day journey to sacrifice his son Isaac, but I do believe He did it in faith in God's promises. Look at what God promised Abraham. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Then the word of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Uh, population experts uh, estimate that 100 billion people have lived uh, during uh, the, the time of, of this Earth. Now, it's just an estimate. Uh, you know, they could. You know, I kind of think 100 billion is a little high, but let's just assume that they're correct. Uh, One third of the people in this world are Christians, so we can estimate that 35 billion out of the 100 billion people that have lived have been Jews and Christians. That's what God is promising Abraham, a great nation. But God said to him, Do not be so distressed about the boy and your maidservant. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. God promised to bless Abraham and to build a great nation through Isaac. So sacrificing Isaac didn't make a lot of sense to Abraham, but he believed God would keep his promises. The writer to the Hebrews tells us that Abraham reasoned that if God could do the miracle of, of helping Abraham and at the at the age of Abraham and Sarah at the age of 190 to have a baby, then he could perform the miracle of raising Isaac again from the dead. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Uh, Faith in God's promises gave Abraham the courage to obey. The Apostle Paul says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. What did Abraham believe? He believed that God would fulfill his promises. To make a great nation out of his son Isaac. So he obeyed God's command to sacrifice Isaac, even if the command seemed absurd. The ultimate evidence of Abraham's faith was his obedience. James said, Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Uh, Abraham's faith was more than belief, it showed itself in obedience. Do you have faith in God's promises? Maybe you've lost, lost your job due to the coronavirus, or maybe your business has been you know, cut in half, or maybe it's been obliterated. Do you have faith to believe that God is going to meet your needs, restore your business, get you back to on your job or a new job? The Apostle Paul says, my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God can meet your financial needs, fulfill this promise, even though your situation may be precarious? Here's another one of God's promises. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. A uh, single guy, let's let's say you meet uh, a girl, and she looks beautiful. And you want to ask her out, but you're nervous that she might say no. It's going to take a risk. You have to take the risk. Anything in life of value requires risk. But if you take the risk and you invite her out, maybe she'll say yes. And if she says yes, maybe you guys will date. Maybe you'll get married. Maybe someday you'll have a boy. And if you do, because of my advice, name him Ron. Abraham obeyed God, and he had faith to trust in God's promises. God wants us to put our faith in him. What does God want from us? Three, he wants us to have faith to believe in his son. Uh, the account of Abraham and Isaac in Genesis 22 increases in significance when we realize it points toward God sacrificing his son for us. When we consider how difficult it must have been for Abraham to sacrifice his son, we can understand how difficult it was for God to sacrifice his son, Jesus. Uh, The fact that God was willing to give up his own son for us shows us that God does not ask us to do anything he's not willing to do himself. Don't overlook the similarities between Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac and God's sacrifice of his son. Abraham was asked to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. God sacrificed his only son, Jesus. Abraham was asked to sacrifice Isaac on Mount Moriah, the same place where Solomon built the temple. And the Jewish people offered their sacrifices to God. The Muslim Dome of the Rock now stands there. And it's close to the place where Jesus was crucified. When God tells Abraham that all the people in the world are going to be blessed through his offspring, he's pointing toward the coming of Christ. When Christ died for our sins, he made a way for all people on earth to be reconciled with God. People from practically every country in the world Have put their faith in Christ. Of the 100 billion people we estimate that have lived in the course of uh, this earth, uh, 35 billion have been Christians and Jews. All nations have been blessed through these 35 billion people. You know, all our schools and our hospitals and our legal systems draw their beginnings from the Bible. So God has blessed the world through Isaac and on to us. What does God want from us? He wants us to put our faith in him. How strong is your faith? God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. God gave his son for your sins. You thank him by asking him to forgive your sins and saying, Jesus, I believe you are the son of God, and I want you to be Lord of my life, and you can do that right now. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Genesis 22, where we learn of God asking Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. What a huge request that was. And we see that Abraham was willing to do it, even though it didn't make a lot of sense. And Father, we want to put our faith in you, to obey you, to be willing to do whatever you ask of us. Uh, And so we want to commit our faith to you today. I want you to pray right now. If you've never given your life to Christ, you can do it right now. If you've already given your life to Christ, tell him you want to live by faith this week. Putting your faith in him and whatever he asks of you in his word, you pray.